This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to another episode of Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm here with my guy, Spencer, who has been on a Jack Grealish-like run through the streets of St. Louis. People are worried. People have been calling phone a friend um, as he has been having a one-man parade to celebrate the treble and beating off the ghost of seasons past. Spencer, welcome to the circle, baby. Champions League winner. Here you are. Welcome. Champions, champions, <laughs> ole, ole, ole. Oh, it's been a great week, Andrew. <laughs> Just a great week of Jack Grealish being drunk content so far. Um Random squad physicians <laughs> and stuff just going on absolute benders in Manchester. Wish I could be there, but um, still fun to watch from afar, my friend. But uh, been a great week yeah, for me. They're they're having a time, having a time. The uh, the yin the yin and yang of uh, because the NBA title was also decided this week, and the best player on that team, uh, Nikola Jokic, has been annoyed he has to stay in town for this parade and wants to get back to his horses meanwhile i don't think you could take jack Grealish off that float without invoking uh the nash invoking the national guard guy is having a time um the last time i saw somebody celebrate like this for this long was ashlyn harris when the uh, women's usa team won the world cup and i think it's just something about that haircut man if you've got a haircut like that and you win the highest prize in your sport you are having a time and bringing a lot of joy to people's lives. And uh, I thank you, Jack Rulis. I salute you. Just absolutely having a day. Yeah, it's uh, honestly, I, I think if I was nitpicking a little bit, he's almost not completely lived up to the hype. Like he set a very high bar last year during the celebrations of City winning the league of like, there was that quote of him being like, who would win in a race between Kyle or somebody? And he's like, Jack Relish cut it and he said, me, that's why Pep bought me or something like that. Just absolutely <laughs> hammered on stage. So I haven't gotten too many great quotes. There's the one I sent you earlier of him saying he's the turkey's hungry or something. And people are funneling vodka down his neck when he says that, which is fantastic. But I need, I need that on film. I need that on film. It's just something I need in my life to make me just get through the week here. It's, it's been, it's been very fun. It's been very fun to watch, right? Especially without like a dog in the fight, right? It's been very fun to watch, man. Um, should we get into something that for a while was not so fun to watch for you? Should we should we get into the actual game? Because uh, <laughs> to set the scene, I, well, Spencer, I'll let you kind of tell. What was your, we're heading into the game. Mm-hmm. At about 10 in the morning, I send you a text just asking kind of how you were um, and you had very, three very long responses ready to go. Um, where was your mindset heading into this final here? Where Where's your brain at? Set Set the scene. Um. So essentially, you know, Saturday morning, games at two o'clock Central Time, which is where my locale is. So wake up around eight a.m. or so. Uh, right away, w- woke up 
with a pit in my stomach and nerves just flying around in the morning, <laughs> like had a dream of like, you know, city messing it up more nightmare. I should say like woke up first thing on my mind is the game later on, just an absolute pit in my stomach, Andrew, but uh, rebounded a bit, right? Like got a little bit, like give myself a like nice little pep talk. Be like the team's got it. The boys got it this time. Right. But uh, quickly, spiraled back into a tailspin of being absolutely terrified of this match coming up and spent most of the day just angsty waiting for it just very anxiously awaiting kickoff and was hoping for one of those like almost like the united game in the fa cup final ends up being you know pretty close in the end but i was hoping for one of those 13 second 12 second goals just to really calm the nerves and let the air out of oh, the stadium yeah. a little bit. That was not the case. I had to wait quite a bit for it. No, holy cow. <laughs> but um, no, well, that was, that's not the case. I, I was feeling for you a little bit there, man. It was, oof, it was, uh, it was close. Um, I saw the game with my brother in a Buffalo Wild Wings where I had to almost bribe them to turn the game on because they were watching week seven of the NFL last year on like 30 TVs um and had to inform them that there was a game on that we should be watching and that was at like 1 30 right when i sat down i was like okay i want to make sure i get good seats sit down um and at 1 30 they flipped the game on when i said that and they're like oh it hadn't even started yet i was like yeah but you're watching week seven like Bengals patriots in a meaningless game and they're like you know what we'll turn it on at two i was like all right sweet thanks man Love, love the state of soccer in our country. Um, but we got the game on uh, by, by like 20 minutes in, they turned the audio on. We had to ask again, but we actually got audio for most of the game. So um, I had more audio than you had KDB. So kind of a fun, um, kind of a fun trade-off there. It wasn't at the exact time. I'm not saying it was karma, but um, I like, is there anything you want to talk about before the KDB injury? Because I find myself thinking of that as like, kind of actually the start of the game, right? It was kind of both teams feeling each other out. Nobody really had any chances. Nobody did anything crazy. And then a rain cloud formed over Spencer. Yeah. And all the demons came rushing back in. <laughs> yeah, that's uh you want to talk about <laughs> you want to talk about pit in the stomach. Um that pit sank about a whole foot. I mean, I'm a six foot tall guy, but you're talking about my stomach already three feet down, like another foot. It was well (laughs) into like my quads at that point, the pit in my body when I saw (laughs) Kevin sit down like that, Um, just to touch really quickly on before that. The only thing really of note that happened city looked better early on, not that they were dominant or anything. They looked pretty well and settled into the game though, like kind of bossing it. And Bernardo had a kind of good chance that went a little wide, but pretty uneventful until that injury right and then kevin sits down you can kind of it was one of those where you could almost tell right away that something wasn't right you know like um he said after the match that he's been nursing a partial hamstrings tear for the last two months i believe actually of the season um (laughs) i'm guessing that thing which may be true that is the lebron move of get eliminated and all of a sudden it's like actually uh any lesser man would be dead with what i was playing through so so a little not salt even but just you know oh now we're very hurt like i i get it i hope he's okay but i i when i saw that quote i was like you shouldn't have been playing because you guys have a ton of depth <laughs> in there 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think you could tell as much too is when he sat down in the first place and Pep kind of was screaming at him of like, are you okay? And the announcers kind of took that. It seemed like they were like, we need you. Like Pep was saying, we need you. I think it was more of like Pep being like, there's guys on the bench. Like if you aren't hundred percent, if you can't like Pep's <laughs> Pep is like, if you can't press, get the fuck off my field. Like if, let's get Phil out there. Let's just bite. Let's just tear this bandaid off and let's get it over with. He, he didn't tinker at all with the uh, starting lineup. So you give him a chance 20 minutes in. I'm sure he's itching. He's itching. He's like, I could change it. I could do something. Let me get out there. Come on. He's like, you're telling me I'm I could, always, I, I, can, I think the man, in- I can win the champions league without my best player. I can put <laughs> I can put my personal impact on the game. I started Rodri this time. I don't know why that. I don't know why I would do that, but clearly taking crazy pills. But um yeah, I, I, I absolutely think of that as like the first like thing that really happened in the game. And it was I immediately sent you a text saying Phil Foden masterclass incoming because I knew I've been there. I know what the demons feel like. Sometimes the demons are bad and you just need somebody to tell you it's going to be fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that my first text probably prompted that response. Cause I think the first thing I sent you like right away when you sat down the first time before he was even taken off, I was like, Oh God, please. No. Oh fuck. Or something along those lines, because I was terrified at that point. Cause look as good as, as much depth as there is in this team. And I've heard a lot of people like um, Monday morning quarterback, this kind of game sort of for an American expression of, well, they have so much depth, it wasn't going to matter. And I would say that almost without a doubt, in my mind, as somebody who watches this team week in and week out, the one player you kind of can't take out of the system, I mean, maybe Ruben Diaz as well, because we kind of saw it go a little sideways when that when he was out with injury this year. But the one player I'd really yeah. say that if you take out of this team, it really kind of throws them off kilter, at least in like a single match like this, when they're not accustomed to it, would be Kevin De Bruyne, because he's such a fulcrum to this everything creatively this team does and you could kind of see the way that inter were playing after he went off the field they were forcing city to like pick these little passing lanes and like do these intricate creative plays to try to break them down and he's good mm-hmm. as guys like gundawan and rodri and phil foden are they aren't kevin de bruyne when it comes to picking a lock like kevin de bruyne is quite possibly the best passer of the football in the world i'd put my money on him as the best passer of the football in the world and especially in a flow of a game too right right i mean dead ball he's up there with everybody but yeah right and i've seen it 100 i've seen it argued like well they had a great season a couple years ago and won a title without him and i yeah and i that's true 100 but this is a team that at that point that team was training he was out almost the entire season they were training every week without him they were accustomed not having it in there the football was a bit different than it has been this year where kevin's just putting on a platter for erling holland and he's tapping it in to the net you know three times a game basically so the whole it's uh it's it's tom brady matt castley yeah uh, when the Patriots had like a good season with like Matt Castle is like without KDB, right? right? To kind of just do another cross sport analogy. It's like, yeah, but we knew we weren't going to have Tom. So we played differently. Yeah. If we knew we were going to have Tom and we planned for that and then we don't have him, it's going to be different. If we knew we were going to have the best attacking midfielder in the world on the field. Now we only have like numbers three and four. Ugh disgusting gross yeah I, I, I actually think that's a fantastic analogy right because if when, like in that example tom brady goes down what was it like week one or something and it's like we had matt castle the entire yeah, real season, real right? early in the season yeah whereas it's way different if in the first quarter of the super bowl 
Tom Brady gets hurt and you're throwing Matt Castle into the fire, right? So I think they're completely different scenarios personally of like not having De Bruyne going into the game versus thinking you're going to have your locksmith and him going down early. And it rattled the team. Honestly, it rattled the team because Inter went through a really good spell of play afterwards. City really couldn't find their footing until around the end of the first half. They kind of started to reestablish themselves with the game by the break, but they, they went through a solid 20 minute stretch of Inter really kind of bossing the play and didn't create any fantastic chances from there weren't many chances to speak of in general in this game but um no the uh the one I wanted to talk about was and it was before the De Bruyne injury I just got my things out of effort was the uh um Onana just basically tensing every muscle in his body and it goes off his arm uh off of KDB puts it through to Holland and it was really kind of like the only time I not noticed Holland because he's a monster right but like was that his best scoring chance like from somebody we were so worried about yeah i i think he was quite quiet in this game and i think that does i i think there's as we were just kind of talking about a lot of credence in the fact that that only real chance he had kevin plays through a really nice pass for him and he kind of gets With, in on yeah, goal he's on the field yep. where the uh, afterwards the service just kind of wasn't there and enter look they they play those three at the back they were really honing in on Holland and really trying to take him out of the game and making other people beat them. They were sucked very tight to Holland the entire game, but um, that, in the end that created space for other people to do things that we'll get to later on. But um, yeah, I think that when Holland, you take away, right. As, as phenomenal as Holland is, he's like, I, I love him. Right. I, I see the argument now that it's going to be like Holland versus Mbappe is like the best player in the world. To me, I would, I would take Mbappe because Mbappe is able to. Who can get to Madrid first? Kind of a fun game. <laughs> who, you know, who can live, who can move to Spain first? <laughs> Let me have my fun. You for can now. do it, early. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I'm, that's my fun. Let me have my fun. My team's so bad. But um, like Mbappe kind of can create a little more than Holland can. He can create for himself a bit more. He's more of like a dynamic player on the ball, where Holland's like a really fantastic like. Uh, poachers not the right word but kind of in that vein of he's so good at getting no, open but, and finishing his but chances. it's a striker versus a winger, right right it's a striker versus a winger and Mbappe is so good at creating most of his creating ends up being for himself because he's also the best option to pass the ball to right but um but yeah it's it's a weird thought to be like this Holland needs service or was especially once KDB comes out right if you're Inter Milan and you're already this really good organized defensive team, that's how you got to this point. Does it just go, hey, we were 50% worried about that guy and 50% worried about Holland. Now we're just 90% worried about Holland and everybody else is kind of, you know, some of the focus, not all of the focus. Yeah, it sure seemed like similar to what you're getting at there of once KDB was out, it was like, okay, we're going to make other people beat us. And early in this game, right. Um, Gundogan did not, not, not even early. Gundogan did not have a good game, um, which, mm-hmm. which hurts my whole like best player in the world in May and June, because he didn't, he did not have his best game, but worked out in the end, but like Rodri no, up until what he does. He's had some other pretty good games. Yeah. Rodri up until what he did later in the game, he had had a very poor game. I thought um, Bernardo's work rate was out of this world, but he hadn't created a ton. Jack Grealish kind of seemed off it. So a lot of players in the attack really didn't seem at it as much. And once they've really honed in, enter that is honed in on Holland. Once De Bruyne went off, 
they kind of basically dared everybody else to be like, hey, you guys come in. You guys can beat us. We're not going to let the Norwegian meat child score three goals and call our season that way. Like, we're going to make everybody else do it. Right. And um, hell, it, it paid off for a large chunk of this game. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think that's a lot of the big stuff here, but let's kind of get to the second half a little bit, right? Um, I think the second half is weirdly where Lukaku comes in in the 57th minute, which ended up being a hilarious thing at the end of the game. But for a big portion of the game, they were putting the ball up to Lukaku and he won what seemed like 30 headers in a row, right? Um you know, like winning a header, and that was like when Inter had their their good spells there. But no, we uh, the next big thing after the Lukaku sub is one the absolute heart attack of uh, a Kanji. I don't know if you've actually erased that from your memory, but the uh, the ill fated back pass that uh, almost gave off Kai Havertz uh, vibes there for. I know seriously I was I was I I seriously I said out loud to my brother Brayden I go oh not like this like immediately what it happened it was my guttural reaction it's like no one should lose like this and then it was okay somehow Ederson someone you've a little a little maligned I think Ederson needs his roses today Ederson made big oh, saves um when controlled the box and wasn't just he wasn't just distributing which Sometimes it's like, yeah, you have a midfielder playing at goalie. He is really good at that stuff, but like earned he earned his stripes today. Ederson came to play, I thought anyway. Oh, Let me know if I'm wrong. No, you're, that was you're 1000% right. I have a whole Ed, Ederson love segment, but I feel like we should sequentially go here, so I'm going to punt on that for now, but that's a yeah. he was he would look like I I honestly don't know. It, it's just a miscommunication. I don't know whose fault is there. Is it Akanji for not going back is it Ederson for not being I would say as somebody who watches City a ton that Ederson would be off his line like every time to get that so the fact that he wasn't there I would be surprised if I'm Akanji but I think it's just a weird miscommunication thing they were both surprised they were both very be surprised. worried about any of them being surprised yeah so <laughs> uh I mean well played by Ederson to like get out there once he noticed it was trouble um whoever's fault it was he noticed it was trouble got out there quick and closed him down uh latoro he closed down really quickly and cut off his angle for a shot uh it didn't uh, there's like some people i've said that are like seen that have said he could have squared it for lukaku it seemed like that was pretty yeah, well covered i 100 think he could have i thought it was pretty covered I, but i think he i mean but you square i think like you just you square that ball though Right. I mean, this is before where Lukaku's having a horror show. Yeah. Right. In in the uh, in the benefit of hindsight, it seems crazy to give Lukaku another chance. But I my initial reaction was square the ball. And then he did not square the ball. Uh, and Ederson came up. Uh, huge. If I was an Inter fan, I would have rather he squared the ball and taken our chances that the cross was overcooked or gets cut out by Diaz. Uh, that's your better scoring chance, I still think, than cut shooting from that angle with the goalkeeper closing you down. But uh, hey, I'm a City fan, so I was quite happy to see him shoot it right into Anderson's chest. Um, yeah. But crisis averted there, and um, pretty soon afterwards, I, I think we can just get on to the next big event, which would be the yeah. goal in this game, Andrew. Yeah, a, uh, I think you can kind of only describe it as a vintage City goal. I can't you're not gonna believe this. The ball went out wide, and they cut it back towards the middle, and there was somebody just hanging out, nobody around him. And then he put a beautiful ball into the back of the net. 
Um, Rodriguez had kind of a few of these wonder goals, right? Wasn't he hit one left footed for? Oh yeah, reason? against Bayern. Oh um, my god! Earlier this year, it was like goal of the season type stuff, yeah. and it was just like. Rodri's so mad he didn't start the last Champions League final. He's like, there's no way Pep can leave me out. I'm doing everything. I'm scoring goals. I'm playing defensive. Like, you know, he's a very good player. Nobody should leave him out. But uh, um, like just a like to score the goal you scored and it be a vintage city goal, right? If there's like one thing you could say is like, oh, what does a Pep Guardiola goal look like? It looks a lot like that, man. It looks a lot like that is kind of my my takeaway from it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the only part that doesn't look vintage city is maybe that it was kind of like an accidental cutback. Like Bernardo was trying to square it across the face and it hit yeah, off the that, okay, that's true. Yeah, and, good, good. And like kicked out. But um, yeah, I mean, that's it is pretty city vintage with like the cutback and stuff like that. Um, I, I'll get into the finish in a second. The I should say that Akanji, his play of like stepping up from the back there and finding that pass mm-hmm. that yep that was like that's the pass that was lacking almost the entire day for city of that like lo- that cast that really cut through the lines of enter he stepped up played a beautiful ball through that's right after the i mean five or so minutes after that mistake with um ederson the miscommunication so yeah. if it is all his fault or whatever i mean a big big makeup pass there he gets a pass for that because that pass was a sensational to bernardo and bernardo tried to put it across the face hits off the defender kicks back but the finish by Rodri, especially when you see the reverse angle of it just curls so perfectly oh, around the just, two inter defenders. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yes. Onana had no chance at all. And, and that's and that's what I mean more about it. Just like somebody's what the ball falls to you, whether it's cutback or not, wide open. And of course, the guy doesn't flub it, doesn't nope. First time, bang, beautiful goal. Just vintage, baby. Vintage city. I um I was sitting in my basement and we just put in new flooring not that long ago. Um, we have a rug down, but we don't have any like rug stops on it. Cause it's kind of like a temp up. It's a, it's my bigger TV is down here, but it's kind of a temp setup. Uh, when city scored, I like sat up from my couch. I kicked the rug, every beverage that was on the table spilled. So it was an absolute gong show after they <laughs> scored. I had to clean up like three different beverages that had spilled onto the rug. My wife was very unhappy with me because <laughs> she's not the biggest soccer fan and she had fallen asleep on the couch and I woke her up by screaming at like the top of my lungs, like, come on, and spilling. Yeah, and her pina coladas just spilled all over the floor. I had to make her a new one at the end oh. of the game. It was uh it was a bit of a gong show, but you know what? It was all worth it, my friend, because that was about as joyous of a goal as i've celebrated in my oh, hell sports career it's it's up there with like the blues scoring to like win a stanley cup it, it's it's up there in my top sports moment of mm-hmm. watching that rodri goal go in especially with how the game had gone early on of they had been so stymied and frustrated that it it felt yep. I, I had almost already at that point just call me dramatic i'd almost resigned it to like this is going to go 120-0-0. It's going to go to penalties. And if we're going to penalties against an <laughs> It's going to go to penalties. If we're going to a penalties against an Italian team, there's no way we're winning this game. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially as the fan just sitting there watching it just tense the whole time. It's just after after like getting away with that Akanji goal or not, you know, that Akanji flub. I don't know how your brain as a fan of a sports team doesn't just go, okay, we survived that. If we can just get to penalties, even though there's be like an hour of game time between now and then, because I feel like your brain and my brain just goes to the worst possible place. Like, okay, this is gonna be crazy, but um, 
we weren't quite out of the woods yet. Um, Inter took that goal personally and really tried to do something about it. DeMarco hits the bar. Um, and now it's time to talk about Romelu Lukaku. Um, the best defender on the day. I joked on, I immediately joked with you that he's going to be the new Joe Linton and Chelsea's just going to move him to center back and he's going to be an incredible shot stopper. Maybe goalie, let him use his hands. He's incredible. Um, but what was this? Was like in my head, right? For you, I'm just imagining like goal, relief. Oh my God, we're going to do it. And then Inter's like, oh, okay, we'll start playing now. Watch us attack. Here we go. Yeah, I hadn't even finished. Were we worried? Yeah. I hadn't even finished cleaning up the drinks I spilled. You're still cleaning. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> Watching them come down with the attack. I, I do want to start with, uh, thank God didn't go in because I, I would have had such <laughs> mixed feelings about that. Like, I, I know you too. You're such a fan of like a chipped shot. Like it was basically like a chipped header where he like looped it over yeah. Ederson and it hit the bar. It would have been so sexy oh. to watch it go in. I would have hated every second of it, but like, it would have been like a dirty thing. Like I would have felt dirty about myself. For <laughs> it would have like, been a nice goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I would have I would have hated it, but I would like deep down, just like if you asked me in my deep and secret, I'd be like, I mean, that was sexy. I did kind of nut my pants a little bit. But <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where like if you go on to win that game, you're like, that was the best goal. Yeah. Like, but if you don't, if you if you don't win that game, it's like, no, I don't ever want to talk about it again. Yeah. But um, so moving on to the Lukaku. Long story. We can talk about it, but yeah. <laughs> moving on to the Lukaku Oof. horror story. Um. Yeah, I, look, I, I, that one particular, like, I, I don't know. I, I've watched it back several times. I don't know what he's supposed to do. Like, it's it's a fast-developing play. It's just you almost start to feel for the guy that he just manages to be in the wrong spot so often, it feels like, that you feel like it can't be an accident, but it's, like, very obviously an accident. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just develops fast. It hits him. I, I think that, like, watching it back, he, he might be bailed out. We'll never know, I guess, but Ruben Diaz was on the line. He might've cleared it anyway, but it would have been a tough clearance. Sure. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of almost not in the moment, but after, you know, post-mortem, I was just like, man, you feel bad for that guy. Cause that's, <laughs> there's nothing you could have done about that one. And then uh, yeah. that was only part one of the Lukaku story in this game, Andrew. I don't know if you have anything on him blocking that one or you want to move on to probably the bigger part of the story. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's time to get to the bigger part of the story here. I think we just call this one big bad uh, Lukaku area. It's uh, marred by mar- marred by the uh, the Chelsea stank was all over this one. It was <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, I, I honestly so we can move on to the chance. Um, the Knotted on header, he's open, wins the header right in front of goal, and uh, like what three yards? Oh, if I mean, that, he's at, he's at the like, he's at the top of the six yard box. I mean, at, at most, he might be inside yeah. the six yard box. But it's look, I, I you you gotta want him to put it in the corner. Um, uh, you do have to say it's a fantastic save by Ederson, though. Just a reaction save where he kicks out oh. the leg a little bit. He, I mean. Yep. It's it's a bit lucky that he's just it goes where he's at, close enough to him. It's right where he happens to be. Right. Yes, but um, still yeah. the reaction by him, the almost more impressively, the reaction by Ruben Diaz to not head that into his own net after it hits off Ederson about six inches away from him and pops up and he heads it out of bounds was sensational. But um, oh yeah, Lukaku right. You look at it, man. You look at it subjectively, man. And in the Champions League final, you. You got to score that one if you want to have a chance in the game. Um, 
I, I don't know that he does a ton wrong. He heads it down towards the ground. He does a lot of things you want your striker no, he to heads, do. Yeah. It's on target. Yeah. Right. He does a lot of things you want I mean, your striker to do. He hits do. it down. It's on target. It just hits Ederson. It just hits Ederson kind of. And I, I like, that's what I mean. Afterwards, yeah. I almost just felt bad for him because it, it is another horrible showing. Like he's already had, he's got a whole, a whole montage of these bad, mo- like bad this year. Mo- yeah. Just, this, just this year. Yeah. He's having like Romelu Lukaku in like the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year. If you think of like yeah. books from our childhood, like <laughs> no wonder he wants to just stay in Italy. Like he's, he's due for the Saudi league. Like go somewhere. <laughs> nobody can watch you get some form back. But I, like, I, like I almost don't play for Belgium again. <laughs> like I almost feel like the Belgium game, Ugh. like that game against Croatia, like those were misses. Neither of these were like, well, the ones just he's in the wrong place to block. That's a great point. I don't think these were misses. They're just really unlucky. And since it's, I think if it's, say it's Lotero Martinez that gets on the end of those chances and it happens to him, I think it's less of a discussion. It's just because it's Lukaku. We have to be like, oh, remember when he did this same thing almost in the World Cup? I like, he changed the game. I thought he was good when he came on. He was scaring me regardless of his history. Like I, it was terrifying to watch him just climb over. He's, he's he, like, and that's, that's the truth of it though. It's like, he is like a scary player to go against. Like I, I kind of, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but like after the city goal, right. There's about 10 minutes before, or in my head, there's like 10 minutes before like the actual, like hard chances come right. Five, 10 minutes. And I feel like he wins like three headers. Like, out to the flank, right? Keeping possession, like plays like a real good nine coming in. And then just like, of course it's him. Yeah. Of course it's him on the goal line. Of course it's him like heading the ball. And it's, you know, it's not a bad, you can't even say it's a bad header, right? Like what's he supposed to do more with that, right? In a situation like that, what you're taught to do is head the ball down because your adrenaline's running. You're going to put it high or you're going to put it wide, right? It's a really hard thing to do is score with your head. Mm -hmm. That's what makes like, Giroud so great even at like a like an older age right is that he's not phased by this and he's got the French forehead it's incredible and Lukaku like heads the ball down and that's just where he happens to be and it's a good save and it's a great play from Diaz but at the end of the day it's Romelu Lukaku holding his head having a bad time and it's hard to it's hard to talk about a lot else especially when like this game while like very tense for you Right. And intense for me, too, as a neutral, right, who really cares about it. I think it'd be easy to watch this game and go, that was fine. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't really know the stakes, like it was not itself the most compelling match of soccer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not a an all time. But yeah, it was. it's not an all time classic for sure. Like for City fans like myself, it's going to always stand out. But like for a neutral, I can certainly see not. I mean, just to round up the game, the last real event was. Off a corner, I, I believe it was Barella had a header on goal, and Ederson made a save at the very end. Yeah, um, that was a nice save. Also, it looked a little routine. yeah. It's it's, uh, it's Gosens. I Gosens. Think. Okay, it was. Yeah. It looks kind of routine in yeah. real time. There's like a reverse angle that was also a really nice save, and I'll get into my Ederson thing in a second. But ball went out of play out of after that. After Brozovic tried to keep it in, and final whistle and treble on. Uh, United fans weeping. It was a uh, scenes. I did not spill anything because everything was already spilt. So that was great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I don't know. It was Spencer. Spencer spelled the right a lot of trouble like anybody does by 
uh, replacing his wife's pina colada that he's built. That's the that's the uh, stereotypical treble celebration. After about ten minutes of dancing around the basement and trying to explain the significance to my wife, um, made another pina colada, made another one for myself, celebrated. It was just a fine evening. Um, just to have my Ederson rant real quick. This is a guy I've maligned in the past, as you kind of said. For look, his distribution is the best in the world. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I've questioned that in the past he's not been there to make the big save for City when they needed it. Like he, and they're never really bad goals, but they're just like man, like Courtois or yeah. it's not or, a De Gea like Howler, right? Yeah, right. It's not like a De Gea Howler where you're like, what are you bringing? the wrong gloves out those are the slippery ones mm-hmm. like but he doesn't do like and oh until i think today i think you can pretty easily say like today he came up with big saves yeah. when city needed several and right like the improv the improbable save the save that should be a goal like a couple different times yeah and that's that's been really good that's been my biggest criticism of him in the past is just that he hasn't been there to make that big save and he made several of them today uh, he was man of the match for me i thought in this game um because look, if any of the even like on the Demarco one that he like loops over, if he, I mean he forces Demarco to have to try to loop that high and make the finish significantly harder because he's closing him down. So uh, yeah, uh, it's the only place Demarco can put that ball, right? Right, intentional or not, all he can do there is try, try to, to chip it. him yep. with the header. Which so right, fantastic by Ederson. I I mean this was really his. I think he's he's been at city for like five years now but this was his standout moment i think for sure of like really cementing himself as like a mm-hmm. legend at the club um for his performance his heroics in this game but um trouble on andrew and it's a huge win it's a huge win for uh guys with neck tattoos in soccer yeah it's been a tough year with enzo and mudrick taking a lot of it out but the original came back and uh and really showed his worth as a big big neck tattoo guy so you have to give him his credit when it's due <laughs> so just uh really quickly kind of to wrap things up here andrew i just want to kind of ask you um i have my opinions but what do you think was like the biggest reason city were able to get over this champions league hump this year sure. um they've obviously won the league so much they've won um, all the cups but this this trophy's been a thorn in their side like what do you think really got them over yeah. over the line this year in this competition no, absolutely. Um, I I think, and this I don't mean this in a dismissive way at all, right? But this was one the year it all broke rate. It all broke right, and the squad depth is a real thing, right? I don't mean to say that like dismissively. If your best midfield player, who you argue arguably build your game plan around, right? When Pep makes this game plan every week, and he's the best coach in the world, right? Every week he's like, okay, well Kevin can do things no one else can do. We're gonna maximize that. Right. It lets Holland do his thing. It lets Silva do his thing. It lets Mares do his thing. It let's Grealish. Like he's the best part of this to be able to throw in one, a homegrown player, which you guys are always accused of never having. Right. Like it's kind of, it's a good moment for him. I, he didn't do much in this game except for get that one shot saved. I think he could have done better in the second half, but um, the squad depth, I think is, is the, is the biggest part of this team. Right. And we've talked about this when we talked about Pep for manager of the year, but like Kinsella, right? Not on the team, not around. Right. That was a huge part of the team going into the season. He sat down the longest tenured player in Kyle Walker and didn't play him. Right. He came in in the second half as a sub. Right. But it's very easy to go into this and go, 
well, we're going to start with who got us here, right? We're nailed on. Kyle Walker, you're out on the right for better or for worse. He did that. He made the tough call. And part of the squad depth is you got multiple different options to go in there. So I, I'm going to kind of concisely go with squad depth and the way this team is built and coached as I think what makes the difference this year versus other years. Spencer, same question back to you, buddy, before we get out of here. Yeah, I think just um, I, I, I think it's really the trauma of Champions League past have really helped this team grow, right? Um, I know I talked to you specifically last year mm-hmm. when they beat Atletico Madrid in that uh, quarterfinal. I think it was 1-0 over the two legs, and Madrid made it a really ugly game, and they they just made it really, really hard for City, like just made it a absolute dogfight and so he came in on top and I was like you know this feels different this year and then the ghost of the other Madrid stadium happened a few weeks later and it was like well maybe they haven't learned anything but it really seemed like this year they had kind of figured out I, I was golfing with a buddy the other day and I just completely lost my swing and I just was in hell for a while is what, I, is what I told him. I was like, I was in hell like for three, four holes, just absolutely in hell, just topping and chunking balls. And then I found my swing again. I kind of, you know, tweaked a couple of things, found some new mechanics and I went to hell, but I came out stronger, right? Like I came back stronger and it seems like city almost did the same of like, they've gone to hell so many times and they just have found absolutely out how to, tweak this and how to win because this was an ugly game andrew this is a game i would say city don't win a couple years this was an interest type of game this is the inter blueprint what do we want to do right muddy the game up don't let don't let them be this crazy midfield but like you bring up a really really good point not to jump in here i know we're almost running out of time but like it's a lot it's a huge thing with college basketball and baseball right it's about peaking at the right time right usually pep teams already have the City already has the league wrapped up, right? They haven't played for anything meaningful in a couple of months. Maybe they get knocked out of a cup com- t- competition. Maybe they don't, but they really had to push to beat, to catch Arsenal, mm-hmm. right? And they really had to push, push to beat United, right? That was all, it's all going in a line. It's going up like this, the tip of the roller coaster. And this was not the time you wanted to play City. They were on their way up. They won games ugly. They won games pretty. And you, you, bringing that up as a like they've gone through hell it's like yeah and even even this season as a microcosm they went through the hell early mm-hmm. and now they're riding out of hell yeah and i, and I almost think and that Jack Reel is just drinking all the way out <laughs> that's what <laughs> he's on a chair it's incredible <laughs> yeah i almost think these two finals um they weren't at their best and they, they they they're finding ways to win right this year i think that's just the biggest thing that's really secure this is they they found multiple ways to win it's not that one trick pony that Look, it's 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 a great trick. It's a fantastic pony. It's winning best right. in it's, show it's, most it's of the time. It's the best trick, but it doesn't work every right. time. Yeah. Absolutely. And they just man. they've they've kind of diversified the portfolio a bit to use like a stocks phrase. So yeah. Um it's awesome. This monkey's off their back now. I, I I'm excited to see like net, I, look, I was on record of they're never gonna win a Champions League. I'm excited for the league, the Champions League now again. It's great. I, I have a massive monkey off my back personally and Life's good, Andrew. <laughs> Life is good, and uh, for Spencer at the least. And on that note, um, we'll be back here in a couple of weeks. Here, we've got some time. We'll uh, we'll come back when we got something big. But we're gonna enjoy the off season, recharge some batteries here. And uh, unless you got anything else, Spencer, I think it's uh, 
Time to get out of here, buddy. No, uh, just follow the Twitter at Fish Fries Pod. We'll be commenting about silly season and stuff on there, I'm sure, as little rumors and stuff pop up. Uh, USMNT Thursday. Yes, sir. I almost forgot. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit on there. Um, subscribe to the pod, all that good stuff. Give us a like, review, comments, all that. They all help out. But yeah, buddy, um, that's all I got for today. So uh, be back in a few weeks and. Uh, We'll really dive into silly season, I guess, then, my friend. Um, but until next time. Absolutely, buddy. We will uh we'll talk soon, man. Appreciate it, buddy.